T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to the second guest show. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, live from the Silver Slipper Casino. Beachside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bobby J and I will be on until 8 o'clock tonight. And then following us will be the Matt McMahon Show talking LSU men's basketball. And, Bob, boy, that was a crazy game Saturday between southeastern Louisiana and uh, McNeese. Man, referee in the Southland Conference. Oh, my God. Was it that bad? Or? It was bad on both on both sides, I'll be honest with you. And so um, it was crazy to watch. Uh, I think we got Jimmy on the line. Uh, we're going to go back to our Oakwood Hard Jewelers talking text line. Jimmy, you're in the huddle with Bobby and Mike. Yeah, guys. Hey, look, I'm actually headed to a Southland game. I know when football wraps up, Bobby, UNO, I know you're going to come check out some games. You're, you're a fan favorite at the Lakefront Arena. And I know you're busy, busy with Mardi Gras rides and all that good stuff, the Saints. And, uh, you know, you got the Senior Bowl just happened, East-West Shrine game. I, I just wanted to see yeah, – I'm actually headed to the UNO game there, Mike, right now. It's at 6.30 tonight. Look, the Pelicans game tonight, we, it's a must-win game. It's a game we should win. $3 tickets. Again, I can't put my finger on it. I mean, we're a playoff team. If, if the season ended right now, Mike and Bobby – $3 tickets. If anybody wants a last-minute plan for tonight, get $3 tickets for tonight's game at 7 o'clock. But I, I, I wanted to tie that in. I saw the East-West Shrine game. Mike, of course, my boy Frank Gore Jr. from Southern Miss, he tore it up. He won the MVP offensive. And the Tulane kid won the defensive MVP. Between that game and the Senior Bowl, I know you had to ride in the parade, but did you see the games and what stuck out to you? Which players – uh, kind of impress you as far as something that we could maybe some of the Saints administration could look look into anybody who kind of moved up on the draft board there. My thing is offensive line, man, they got a ton of them. Uh, now some of them decided to opt out of the game. They decided that the practices were much more important than playing the game. Well, that's what Michael Penix did. <clears throat> Michael Penix did. Uh, Fuagu. Uh, from Oregon State did. A number of those guys did. Marcus Robinson, the defensive lineman from Missouri. Uh, man, so that's an area. If you want to improve your offensive line, and I think there could be as many as seven offensive tackles that, and possibly even eight that go in round one of this draft. It is really heavy on offensive linemen, and if you're looking for receivers, I think you can get receivers a little bit later on. But offensive line, watch how quickly. 
those guys come peeling off the board. And I thought that was a huge part of the Senior Bowl. I give Jim Nagy a lot of credit uh, for being able to kind of piece this all together uh, and to get those linemen there. A lot of those guys feel as though, you know, if I can move myself up eight, seven, eight picks, hey, I'll do it. I might be at went in the 20s. Maybe I'm a teens pick now. And so I think it was important for the offensive linemen who are really jammed up. I think Joe Alt from Notre Dame will be the first offensive lineman selected. But, Bob, I just think that offensive line group, wide receiver group, really, really good this year. Yeah, and uh, Mike, uh, I thought was interesting because, uh, you know, you talk about winning in the trenches, offensive defensive line, but you also look at cover guys. I mean, I thought it was interesting. Anytime uh, you named, uh, you know, they had the national and American player of the game, then they had the MVP. But looking at the national player of the game, uh, Washington State cornerback Shaw, I, I don't know, Shaw, C H A U, Smith Wade. I can say Smith Wade. He has Shaw three Smith names Lee. Shaw Smith Wade. Mike, uh, you look, he was named uh, national, uh, you know, player of the game. He had that uh, interception at the end. He also had a couple of them because he caught a Hail Mary. Now, Mike, uh, you know who uh, kind of up and down, and you witnessed this, Joe Milton from Tennessee. He ended up being 9 of 13, 80 yards. He had a couple of interceptions. Sam Hartman, the quarterback for Notre Dame, struggled. Man, he really struggled. Uh, he went 7 of 25 for 69 yards. Now, uh, the MVP on America's team, Georgia defensive back, uh, Tyke Smith. He really played well. So, really uh, played. That, that you know, another guy from Washington State, his middle name, uh, he goes by Smith. And then you look at a kicker, Mike, you know, because uh, to be a pro, you got to make kicks. Uh, uh, Joshua Cardi, he made three field goals in the game. He had a long uh, 52 yards. But I'm bringing this up, or I should say before I get that, uh, you know, you look at Michael Pratt. Michael Penix, I mentioned uh, Michael Penix opting out. And then uh, Michael Pratt at the end, he ended up throwing that Hail Mary uh, interception. So that really doesn't count. But I'm looking at uh, Bo Nix, Mike. He only played, uh, what, Couple uh, two series. Two series. Yeah. Uh, then you look also, uh, boy, taking advantage of those two series. And you were high on him. And he's been on somewhat of a roller coaster from Oklahoma to South Carolina. It's Spencer Rattler yeah. for the American team. Spencer Mike, played well. Oh, no, he was He's four. a gamer, man, uh, I'm uh, telling you. Uh, Mike, he completed all four of his passes, 65 yards, and he ended up earning the game uh, MVP. And on that first drive, he hit a 29-yard touchdown uh, to Jack Saint, if I'm pronouncing that right, Marcus Rosme, Jack Saint. So, Mike, you, where's, like, Spencer Rattler? Because, you know, when where you at, they're like, oh, no, he's going to be for sure top five, and then you go down, no, no, and no. then you come back up, and you go down, and you come I, back I up. I think he'll end up being a third-round pick. Okay. Uh, you know. But he took advantage of this He took advantage over, of yeah. that situation, and, Bob, he can spin it. Now, again, what you see with him, and it's been like that, high school, college, and it'll be like that in the pros. He'll look great one or two games. And then he's off. The inconsistency part with him is glaring every time you watch him. Because he's a little different throwing the ball. Now, he's not the biggest cat in the world. He's not a real big guy. And he stands out the way he looks. Okay, let, let me tell you, for all you social media people out there, 
look up. You can Google anything. Uh, put them alongside. I'm not saying it's the same person, but they look like brothers. Y'all know the reggae guy, Yellow Man from Jamaica? Spencer Rattler looks like Yellow Man. I'm telling you. He's like black albino. Uh, I'm not making up. Okay. Uh, uh, look like his brother. Uh, yes. I, I, I'm, uh, look at Luke. See, he, he's all chuckling. But no, I'm telling you. you no, look I think up, Bobby's right on you, this. You look, up, you, you look at Yellow Man and you look at Spencer Rattler. Uh, they look like they're the same gene pool. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah. The one thing with Spencer, uh, I think he's a little bit more mature guy than what he hit. Because, listen, he was the. The cock of the walk he in was, high school. The reason why he left Oklahoma because was Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, and then Caleb Williams leaves Oklahoma, and goes to USC, then he goes to South Carolina. But he, he was the guy, Mike, at the beginning. Oh yeah, but Spencer has that streak in him where man, he can look great for a couple games, and then he he's got an awful game where it's high. Most of his throws that he misses are high. That tells me he's not setting his feet. Yeah, he's, as too, a he's too erratic. What was the game? Mike, it wasn't even this year. It was last year to end the season. He was unbelievable. Tennessee. Oh, Mike, the game he played against Tennessee was about as good as it gets. Boy, I tell you what, and, and Tennessee was high on the hog. They got humbled there. But Hooker had went down. And then Hooker had went down. down. And then Spencer Rattler took advantage of it. And he, and yeah. he was like, man, if I, man, I can go up. Because he's supremely confident. He made a comment to me. Man, I, I see Joe Milton. And he can make every throw in the world. He can't throw the ball consistently like me. And I think he's right on that part. Right, right. That, now, that Joe he, Milton, to throw a football, and as an athlete, unreal. Off the chart. But, but he's too inconsistent. Oh, Lord. Uh, he's all over the board. He's much more inconsistent than Spencer as far as throwing the football downfield. Well, but think, Spencer took advantage of the yeah. senior bowl, and I give him a lot of credit. You know why? Those receivers he hadn't worked with. Exactly. Uh, so he goes. He goes four for four. He takes it down. Touchdown drive. Okay. Look how much he's showing. And as we're getting ready to go to the and break, and he's got some movement skills. As we're getting ready to go to the break, Luke. Okay, I'm gonna give you a little yellow man. Nobody move. Nobody get hurt. Nobody move. Nobody get hurt. How you think I know about that? Come on. Let's yeah. see. You gotta. You gotta <laughs> give him credit, Luke. He got that down. We'll be back with more second guess right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, 
better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike to take you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Abair, live. From the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us. Bobby J and I will be on till 8 o'clock tonight. And then at 8 o'clock, it'll be the Matt McMahon Show, LSU's men's basketball coach, talking about the Tigers basketball team. And, uh, man, they got things uh, kind of rolling pretty good uh, at LSU on the basketball court men's-wise. On our Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line, got on Locked on Pelicans podcast, Jake Madison. The Pels host the Toronto team tonight. And for all things Pelicans, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jake, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it uh, because uh, once tonight finishes, then it's road trip uh, from the Mardi Gras ride from you got out of January. Uh, and we all knew that that month was going to be really difficult. Now, t- Toronto, it's sort of an interesting team here in a, in a little bit of transition. Your thoughts on the matchup tonight against Toronto? Yeah, you know, this is a game I think New Orleans really needs to win. At times, they've played down to their competition just a little bit. Toronto is a team certainly in transition, trading away one of their better players in Pascal Siakam earlier in the year. They also traded another guy, OG Ananobi. So they're kind of going through a bit of a rebuild right now. But those are the teams that sometimes surprise the Pelicans and surprise teams around the NBA because they still have talented players on the roster that are going to be hungry and want to go out and prove they belong in the league, try and earn another contract. So the Pelicans can't really take this one for granted, but knowing that they were just on the road, they're back home for this game before going out for two tough games to Los Angeles for a longer road trip. You definitely want to try and get this victory and build a little bit of momentum tonight. Now, uh, Jake, what is your take? Uh, Obviously, the trade deadline coming up. Uh, do you think they move Valanciunas? Uh, you know, that was a name you've been throwing around. Uh, uh, you, what do you think could come about that? And who possibly, if you do move him, who you get in return? Uh, you know, we talked about Wendell Carter with the Magic. You talk about Allen with Cleveland. You know, you go, you go on and on, and then the Hawks back up. Uh, Oaken Wu, if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, but the one thing also that I've heard, what about... Uh, a, a different route, maybe when you're not necessarily big man, but uh, from a defensive standpoint, Mikel Bridges, and we're caught by uh, my attention. You know, one of the better perimeter defenders. Uh, he finished runner-up, I want to say, what a couple of seasons ago, uh, and defensive player of the year voting. Uh, but uh, well, so, what's your take on that? Uh, those names I mentioned, or do you think uh, none's going to end up happening? Jake, uh, isn't it this time of year where there's a lot more talk than action? Yeah, certainly. You know, with the trade deadline on Thursday, this is the time where things really heat up. And so there's going to be a lot of rumors flying around this team, basically all teams out there. And I think it's usually more talk than actually, you know, substance of getting it done. I think we're going to be in line for a little bit of a more quiet NBA trade deadline for everything. I don't think you'll see as many moves, but that doesn't mean the Pelicans aren't tried. You know, the area they've definitely kind of targeted and identified is trying to upgrade at the center position that they want to maybe move on from Jonas Valanciunas, get someone they think fits a little bit more defensively. That, you know, could be Jared Allen for the 
from the Cleveland Cavaliers. She's the obvious upgrade at that position. With the way the Cavaliers are playing right now, I don't think they're looking to move him whatsoever, and it would take a lot and probably not something that the Pelicans want to pay. You know, with some of the other names you mentioned, Kongwu with Atlanta, you have um, Wendell Carter Jr. over also on the Orlando Magic. Both those guys, both those players are downgrades from Jonas Valanciunas. They're not as good of a player as him. I think when you look at that, the benefits of those guys is that they're under contract long term, whereas Jonas Valanciunas is out of contract this year. So that's not a great situation for the Pelicans to be in as they're trying to manage the salary cap for years to come while also trying to be as competitive as possible. So if they make a move like that, it's about long-term salary as opposed to necessarily upgrading your roster here in the moment. You mentioned uh, Mikel Bridges from the Brooklyn Nets. I think that's a guy that's a perfect fit for this New Orleans Pelicans team, but it sounds like Brooklyn doesn't want to move them. They had a number, you know, it sounds like there've been a couple of offers of young players and a bunch of first-round picks, and they said, no, thank you. There's been reports out there that the Pelicans have been very persistent in trying to get Bridges. I think he fits this team really well. You'd probably look to include Brandon Ingram in a trade for Bridges to really try and get something done, but Bridges is an excellent defender, and I think he's more of a number two guy than a number one guy, but if you were to bring him in, you know you know that Zion is who you're going to play through. Bridges slots in as that number two guy very easily. Then you have your third in, in C.J. McCollum, and it fits some of the hierarchy that I think the Pelicans are trying to kind of figure out with who's your number one, who's your number two. Is it Brandon Ingram? Is it Zion Williamson? And there's some kind of conflict with that. So I think bringing a guy like Bridges in would make a ton of sense. I just don't think we're going to end up seeing a deal get done. Now, uh, Jake, uh, how do you view the team now going into February? I look at the last two years, and we all know Zion getting hurt. Uh, that I want to say the previous season we were like 3-12 and 12 in January. Then all of a sudden we had to beat the Rockets to have a winning record, 8-7. Uh, and seven. But then uh, when I look at the upcoming opponents, you know, Clippers, you look at uh, Lakers, Trailblazers, and all that. Uh, but the one thing that um, – how they're playing and pleasantly surprised. I think uh, surprised he's playing. I think maybe he's in the best shape or health-wise he's been in a while. Kawhi Leonard's at an MVP level. So uh, I'd be surprised if we beat a team like the Clippers. The Lakers, I don't know, and I would expect us to beat the Trailblazers. But, uh, but, but uh, I tell you what, I, I don't think right now the Pelicans are on the level with the Clippers uh, uh, presently. No, I agree with you. I think they're capable of winning, certainly, but that's going to be a tough challenge. And I think we've seen that the Clippers, you know, are playing some really great basketball right now. You know, they're third in the Western Conference. They're only two games out of first place. So they're kind of right in the mix of things. And I think as you've looked at the Pelicans over the past month or two, and January was a very tough schedule for them. So the fact that they came out of there eight and seven and above 500, I do think is an accomplishment that they should be very proud of and says something about the team. But it also says, given some of the leads that they've blown, given some of their inability to close out top teams like the Boston Celtics and others, that, you know, they they aren't a true title contender yet. They are a good team that is figuring some things out that has areas they need to improve. They're not a bad team by any stretch, but they're not necessarily a team that you're going to say is going to make the NBA Finals or even if you said that you'd feel good about it. So it shows there's just some things holding them back still, whether that's coaching and rotations, whether that's players not playing particularly well, whether that's just maybe the roster not fitting and them needing to make a move at the trade deadline. All of those things I think are kind of on the table for them. But, yeah, I agree that they're not as good as the – 
you know, Los Angeles Clippers. I think, you know, the Lakers seem to be in a little bit of trouble right now. That's going to be a very winnable game. Going on the road to Portland is a game they should be able to win as well. So even though they're on a road trip, they have the ability to win some games. But when you look at them compared to the Clippers, that's a team that you just definitely wouldn't want to see them match up with in the postseason over a seven-game series because I think that could potentially be ugly. Jake, uh, you, we brought up the the Clippers and just how hot they've been. They've been a really good basketball team and uh, good watch. If you haven't seen them on t- on television, man, they're a great watch. Name me a team in the East and the West you think can be a make this a hard run after the All Star break. I mean, if you're looking for somewhat surprises, you know, in the East, the New York Knicks are playing some of the best basketball. You know, they've played in a really long time. They've been on a, they were on, I think, close to a 10 game winning streak. They made that move to bring OG Ananobi in from the Toronto Raptors earlier on in the year. They've been very, very good. Their defense has been improving. They have a top 10 offense as well. That's a team that I think is going to maybe surprise someone in the Eastern Conference, particularly, you know, with the Philadelphia 76ers and losing Joel Embiid for the foreseeable future. Milwaukee's been in a little bit of trouble. Boston, you know, is, is a solid team, but the Knicks certainly have a lot of momentum behind them, and I think that's something to really kind of keep an eye out on. And in the West, you know, it's, it's the team that's in first in, in the Western Conference right now, the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, they're led by a top 10 player in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You know, they have the uh, most amount of tradable draft picks we've probably ever seen in the NBA. So they could make a big, splashy move at this trade deadline. But they're 35 and 15. They're very good. The defense has been very legitimate for them. The offense has been good. When you see kind of the combination of that plus a star player in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, that's a team that scares me and I think is going to go on a deep postseason run this year. Now, uh, Jake, explain this to me. Uh, I don't know enough about this. Um, when you look at the luxury tax, I'm looking at the Pelicans. What uh, they remain one of two NBA franchises that have never paid the luxury tax. Uh, remember when Kyrie Lewis Jr. Uh, what uh, they dug, but the 2.8 million under uh, the 165.3 million luxury tax by sending Kyrie Lewis Jr. and a 2024 uh, draft pick. And then you look at the trade deadline of February the 8th. Uh, I want you to, uh, does that make a difference when you look at the luxury tax? And now I was reading, I forgot where I, I, I saw this, but uh, it was like if the, Pel- if the Pelicans don't pay the luxury tax during Zion Williamson's tenure, it would be an organizational failure. Uh, explain that to me, that, that, that logic right, right there. You know, I think when you look at it like this, right, there's, teams that are willing to kind of do whatever it takes to win. And you look at a team in in a small market like the Milwaukee Bucks where, you know, they have Giannis, they know they need to kind of go all in to try and maximize this window and win a title because that's what they're trying to accomplish at the end of the day. And so when you look at them, a small market with maybe not kind of the same revenues of a New York Knicks or a Los Angeles Lakers, they're willing to pay and they're willing to do whatever it takes to try and kind of keep that team being as, consistent and as winning as possible, right? And when you compare that to a team like New Orleans where you have a star player or two, right, in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, but they maybe are going to trade away salary, maybe just kind of dump some players because they don't want to pay the luxury tax. And look, 
the luxury tax is not only do you just pay an extra dollar per dollar on top of it, right? So had they kept Kyra Lewis Jr., they would have needed to have paid about an additional $5 million. You also don't get the revenue sharing that comes from the luxury tax, which this year is projected to be about $13 million. So when you add it all up together, it's about an $18 million swing on things. For Kyra Lewis Jr., you don't need to pay the luxury tax. The Pelicans making that move I think was the correct move and a smart move to do. But at a certain point, you've just got to say, we're going to try and win, and that might cost us more money than we normally spend, and it might upset our books a little bit, but that's what you've got to try and do in the NBA. And when you look at the kind of historical teams, you know, and the title-winning teams, they've all paid the luxury tax for the most part. Teams that didn't pay the luxury tax, it's really just two in the past 20 years, and that's more of a team-building, like, luck and fluke as opposed to the norm. So it just says that if you really want to compete, you've got to go out and spend the money, and given that this is a franchise, one of two that hasn't ever paid it, I think it leads to some open questions about that. But I do think for the right roster, if it looked like they could be a true title contender, they might consider it. I just don't think it'll be this year. I think they're likely looking at kind of facing that decision next season. And if they don't do it, then it does look cheap and makes you question, you know, their commitment to winning. Now, uh, uh, Jake, how about, uh, look, uh, the Pels made a major move two years ago by trading with C.J. McCollum. Uh, So how do you view C.J. McCollum and his future with the Pels? You know, I think he's really important to them. I think he's playing some of the best basketball of his career, kind of taking more of a step back with this organization this year, kind of ceding the spotlight to Brian Ingram, Zion Williamson, knowing what his role is. You know, I think that's an important player that you need. He he shoots three-pointers, which is massively important for this team, you know, and trying to space the court for Zion Williamson. You know, we'll see how his play keeps up over the next couple of years, making 30-plus million dollars and putting the Pelicans close to this luxury tax that maybe they don't want to pay. He's the type of guy that could potentially be kind of a salary cap casualty. I think they view his off-court commitment as something that's really important to this franchise. I think, you know, to keep him around, they would be willing to pay the luxury tax depending on what else goes on around the franchise. So it's something to keep an eye on long term, not something that we need to worry about this season or even necessarily next season. Jake, uh, one of, we get a, a ton of text about this and also calls about a defining role for the, uh, Daniels on the team. Uh, and we know he came in and with a reputation of being a really good defensive player. And he's lived up to that for the most part. But what is sort of his role that you think he could niche out with the Pelicans? You know, I think first and foremost, it's that just being a defensive stopper. And I thought he's played really well these past couple of games. You're seeing some very elite defense for him. He's one of the guys that kind of leads the league in deflections. So just knocking the ball loose, which means this team is able to get steals. They're able to then run in the fast break and score some really easy buckets. So I think that's something important for a team that has struggled offensively. The issue for him is kind of his offense is lacking. He doesn't have, you know, a consistent enough three-point shot. He does seem very hesitant there. He doesn't kind of have the confidence in his offensive game. 
game. I think that's okay as a second-year player to be lacking that right now. But when you look at the tools defensively for him with really good size, right, he's 6'7", a longer wingspan than that. This is a guy that could be a very special defensive player, I think, for for this team. And that's something that can just wreak havoc on opponents. When you throw him and Herb Jones out there, whether that's at the same time or just both of them, one subs in for the other, that is not something that you as an opponent really want to be playing against very often because that's going to be a pain. So those guys really do have strong roles with this team. This this franchise just needs to try and balance the offense alongside that. Now, uh, Jake, before we let you run, uh, I want your opinion on this. You know, we talked about Valanchunas. He's a double-double machine, uh, you know, 31 years of age, expiring contract. And I'm looking at this uh, starting lineup, uh, McCullum, Herb Jones, Ingram, Zion, and Valanchunas. Uh, they're allowing, uh, I was reading about like 120 points per 100 possessions. That's the identical mark to the 29th rank uh, Pistons and, then, and what they surrender. So I want you to comment on that. And uh, what would be your uh, five-man unit in the starting lineup? Or would, is that what you would stick with? Yeah, you know, the start, it's kind of odd for a team that has a winning record that the starters have not been particularly good in terms of the, the pure stats. And when you look at net rating, offensive rating, minus defensive rating, they're actually in the negative there, and that's a very bad sign. So it's kind of surprising that that's going on, and I think that's why you're seeing the Pelicans explore trades for Jonas Valanciunas, trying to see if maybe that's the move that can kind of right that starting unit, maybe help the Pelicans kind of build some things. You know, the, the issue with that is they do well in the first half, and then it kind of falls apart in the second half of games. And I think the main reason for that is, again, lack of shooting with that unit, right? Herb Jones is not a three-point threat, even if he's shooting the three-ball well. Neither is Valanciunas. We've seen Brandon Ingram at times take threes, but at times not take threes. Zion certainly isn't going to be a court spacer or anything like that. So it's just, again, trying to find the balance of offense and defense, and this team really hasn't seemed to have struck that chord just yet. In terms of the starting unit, I think you could try putting Trey Murphy in there to see if generating some more offense would help. You know, good offense can lead to good defense. When you aren't missing shots and you're making them, your defense can get back and get set as your opponent has to inbound the ball. But when you're missing shots, they're able to get out and run in transition and score a lot of those easy points, which is kind of hurting that defensive rating for the starters. Trey Murphy could help that a little bit too. I think just more cohesion overall, you know, but again, this team is winning games, so I, I don't know if there's necessarily a need for a drastic change there just yet. Jake, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, you know, fixing to start pretty soon at 7 o'clock as the Pels play the Toronto Raptors tonight. And then off out west afterwards, and let's see what happens in that three-game stretch. Jake, again, thanks so much for joining us. All right, thank you, Jake. Of course, thanks for having me on. All right. For all things Pelicans, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll be back with more here on Second Guest right after this break on the Big 870. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Back here on Second Guess, Mike Detail along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear. Want to tell everybody at 720, Kat Terrell will join us from ESPN covering the New Orleans Saints and a lot of coaching changes, especially on the offensive side to football. I see uh, Phil Galliano, who is the assistant special teams coach, Bob. He's going to get interviewed tomorrow in Tampa Bay. Uh, that's it's a, a commuter world. Okay, uh, and that's the assistant. That's the assistant. Uh, but look, uh, but look who he's under, and the Saints uh, have been amongst the best. So uh, th- that doesn't surprise me, uh, because Mike, uh, I-, I think what we've done special teams—that's one thing. Uh, you know, you want to be good in all phases, obviously with special teams. But we've been amongst the best, even more reliant than our defense, as far as top five. No, no question about that. I was told teams. by a former Saints assistant they thought that of all the people in the staff, Darren Rizzi would be the best chance to be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah, but he's that thorough. You know, that thorough and kind of like how John Harbaugh did with the Ravens. And we see more and more of those guys get that opportunity. And uh, Jim Harbaugh talked about when he first got into the league, he was dealing with quarterbacks, but he also had some responsibilities on special teams as a coach. Yeah, the, the, the... that's why, uh, listen, um, your craft, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, paying attention to detail, that doesn't happen by accident. You've got to be meticulous, and you have to be uh, a good leader, and you've got to be a good – you've got to be organized, you know. And, and, and a and, different unit every year. No, no offense or defense has as many changes as a special teams unit each and every year. No, no because uh, now, uh, remember, uh, we had Chris Banjo. And all of a sudden, uh, we let Chris Banjo go. And then, Mike, we got even better from Mississippi State. Um, having JT a, Gray. A JT Gray. But, but in and, between and, there was Justin Hardy. Oh, exactly. And then you look at JT Gray. Uh, Mike, uh, all of a sudden, the two or three guys that have to step up besides JT Gray that they could plug and play. Uh, the linebacker from Michigan State. I'm just thinking who blew out his knee. Uh, the, the one in training camp. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm thinking. And then all of a sudden, uh, Zach Bond and all. They, they, then they take advantage of their opportunity. And, uh, but it's, it's amazing how that, that uh, is, has been a strength, not only a strength for the Saints, but amongst the best in the whole league. No question. Uh, he's one guy you ain't got to worry about trying to replace. Darren <laughs> Rizzi is an elite coach in the NFL on special teams. We'll be back with more second guess right after this break here on the Big 870 WWL. We're finishing up here on our number three of Sports Talk and Second Guess, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. Bob? Yeah, uh, Mike, I wanted to ask you about this, your opinion, because he had opportunities, obviously. Uh, you look at the Washington Commanders. Uh, they just hired, that being Dan Quinn, who left Dallas, is now the head coach of the Commanders. He hired Cliff Kingsbury. To me, their offensive coordinator, uh, you know, he's only 44 years of age. And the question I have for you, I, I thought that was kind of unusual, but just goes to show you, it's never over till it, it's over till you sign your name or die, dies cross the T, because I thought he was going to the Raiders. He pulled out uh, Saturday uh, the consideration for the Raiders as the offensive coordinator, a job that after initially agreeing to go there and work for Antonio Pierce. Yeah, and Could again, you, is it maybe because the, the, the quarterback that, that prospects, was, who are they going to draft? Because they picked two, you wonder yeah. <laughs> a little bit 
Would the commanders think about making a deal to assure themselves of Caleb Williams, who he's worked with at USC, and then the Bears go down one pick and pick Jaden Daniels and maybe get a nice little haul in between? We'll be back and we'll talk a little bit more about it right after this news break here on the Big 870. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 